Welcome back to another episode of One Kick from Glory. It's International Week, so before we talk about some of the talking points to this International Week, we're going to recap what happened in the previous game week in the Premier League. I'm joined, as always, by Craig right in front of me. Yeah, and, yeah. of course, I've got Matthew over to my left. Good evening. You know, we've had a lot of exciting games, a lot of interesting talking points going on across this uh, game week. And we're going to start off by the game, the big game, game of the weekend to Liverpool and Chelsea. The two teams that are likely to be at the top fighting for the title. Mm-hmm. Um, over to you, Matthew. Let's just talk about that game and how it begun. So going into the game, you, know, you had a great win against Arsenal. Feeling very good. Lukaku had like a, another week of training. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, he's probably gotten better integrated with, with the tactics, with the system. How were you feeling going into that match? I was apprehensive about this one just because Liverpool have now, even though they've only really strengthened in the way of buying one player this window, they did sign and commit a lot of their mainstay players. And I know, I remember what you did say that they're like a, they've, it's almost like they've got a point to prove. And once they have that team back again, they will be more, as dangerous as they were when they won the title. So I always, I always knew that this was going to be more of a challenge. And if I'm brutally honest, from the start, I didn't think we were going to win. I thought a draw, 0-0-1-1-2-2 was always going to be the the, the outcome. How, however, what happened in reality was actually quite different. I thought, I came out of that game, even after the incident, thinking we could have taken that away, mm. even with 10 men. Um, defensively, especially in the second half, I thought we were immense. Mm. Like we, we don't, we might not score massive amounts of goals, but neither do we um, concede them. And it just goes to show what Tuchel's doing. He's trying to get us to defend us probably as, as a unit to kind of solidify and just not so much park the bus, but just defend with, pr- with, with, with pride and just caring for the team. On the incident, because I'm going to have to mention it. Yes, it was a penalty. Obviously, we know. I'm just still sceptical of whether it was a red card. And the bit that annoyed me was that the, what ha- what worked so well at the Euros, I could still potentially be a problem in the Premier League with checking the screens. If he took that just that little bit longer to check the screen and he still gives a red, I would be like, okay, you've done that. I'm not going to turn to one of these fans who goes, oh, we've lost the game. because We, we didn't win the game because of that. We... We got our job to do at the end of the day. And that ball could have gone anywhere. Could have gone up, could have gone out, could have gone there. It could have gone back in the goal for for I know. So I'm I'm still, well, it's happened now. So what's done is done. Um, But overall, the results, how it panned out, I'm actually really kind of happy. It was just such a shame. But what a goal by Havertz. What a goal by Havertz. What a header. So yeah, um... A bit, a bittersweet victory, is what I'm gonna put it. A bittersweet. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm most eighty percent happy. Eighty percent. No, I, th- I think that's fair. And I guess for you, Craig, looking at that game, because obviously that was one of the games of the weekend where, of course, there's a lot of talking points. That the handball, the red card, the VAR again, another kind of talking point that we're always gonna keep talking about. For you watching that game, what would you say was something that you kind of enjoyed in what you saw? What was something that you think? I guess was a positive thing for for Chelsea and for Liverpool going forward. I think I think Liverpool played very well. I know there was the, I know Chelsea were down to ten men, but I feel with Liverpool they they kept on pushing and pushing to get the second goal to win the game. And I have to say with Chelsea they defended very well. They were down to ten men, 
and the manager was very smart with his chain tactics, ch- tactics changed the game. So he didn't like obviously he took off the players that he needed to take off when he went down to ten men, and he just and just shot up shop, and it was very solid. They were very solid. So it goes to show sometimes you can go down to ten men and you, and you could lose the game, but they were very. Um, very good at the way how the tactical and way how the team was disciplined to be solid at the back, don't give anything away, and I, and I think it was a very good game. Hmm. Yeah, and I think the, I think the big thing again is like this is two rivals coming together who are going to be two of the teams you you'd expect by the end of the season will either be there or thereabouts for the title. And I guess for you, Matthew, looking at it from that way, do you feel like? In this game, is it a point gained, or do you feel like it's two points dropped? Having looked thought, looked back on the whole ninety minutes, um, considering what could have happened when we went down with the attacking players they had, it's a point gained. But considering the chances we had in throughout the whole game, you could also get it at two points lost. I'm gonna go with the former. I think it's a point gained because I know their front they they, they don't really have much in a replacement of those front three. But there's a reason why they stay so so fit and so active. You're always wary where someone like Salah gets a ball or um, for um, Firmino or um, Mane gets the ball. And in that game, Harvey Elliott could have scored from, from early. So I've now got that to think about. And we've still got to get, you've still got to get past Van Dyke. You've still got to get past Allison, and, you know, let's not forget like, other players in the middle like Henson and Alcantara who can you know, put in an absolute shift for that team. Um, and, you know, Lurgan, I think Jurgen Klopp got that genius award or something. So, from someone for something so you know need I <laughs> need I say more about that um, but so I see it I still do see it as a point gained just because of what could happen after that red card at half time it could have been a cricket score afterwards it absolutely could have been but it wasn't so I'm and also because it's only three games it is still a point gained so I've come down to it it's a, it's a point gained yeah, and I, I think I think it was a good first advert of a Super Sunday, first kind of game, two big heavyweights going head to head. I think both of you was evenly matched. I think what's really telling as well is that even after going down to ten men, you never look like faltering, and you look like you probably could have still nicked it at certain points. So I think that's a very good testament to the squad building that Tuchel's done, and also the tactical way that he's implemented his sort of blueprint and the maturity in the players. Hmm. Now, talking about maturity in the players, of course, I'm going to come over to the Man City game. Oh, Lord. They played they play the team from North London um, <laughs> uh, that, that wear red and white and really aren't so bright these days. And they had an absolute field day. I think 5-0 was the final score. Could have been 6, could have been 10 if they really wanted more. To start with, Craig, I guess looking at the game, Mm-hmm. Looking at the lineup that was picked for the match, what were your thoughts when you saw the team Arteta chose to start with? I was shocked. Thought <laughs> I can say I'd like. Mm-hmm. I said to my, I wasn't confident going to the game. I said I was saying to my manager at work here yeah, after I finished work that on Saturday. I said to him, if we win, if we lose this game, hopefully we don't lose it by two two by a heavy scoreline. Mm-hmm. I said two or three nil. I wouldn't mind if we lost two or three nil. But what was the team he picked five nil? Could have been 10, as you said. It was that bad. Defending was shocking from the goalkeeper, from the defenders. It's like it's like they like they never played with each other before. You're supposed to be training with each other every day, learning tactics and all this stuff. I don't know. It, it, it was school. Even, 
even under eights could do better defending than how they were defending the other day. It was that bad. There was no cohesion in the back four, no leaders, nobody shouting at players telling them move there, move there, or man on. It was it was horrible. I th- I think for me one of the most because I looked at the team and who we picked we went for from for a back three mm-hmm. this time around. So we had Klasnac at centre back, which considering you know he's been rumored to be leaving all summer, it's a bit of a weird one. Playing a guy that you want to get rid of, but um, you, you did that in, alongside um, Callum Chambers and Rob Holding with Cedric as a right wing back. Cedric, who had an awful game the previous game week, and then of course you had Tierney at left uh, left wing back and stuff. So it was interesting the, the the lineup and players he picked. I mean, I think the rest of the team kind of picked itself, you know, in terms of the attacking players. But it was just a bit disappointing just to see the the lack of fight for me, especially going one nil down. Now, I know in, in the past with, with Arsenal teams, you've been very good at fighting back and kind of finding that second win, that third win. But once Man City scored the first goal, and we will talk about the first goal, but once they scored that first goal, <laughs> it was just like, okay, the, the job's done. We can we as well go home. There's nothing more to do. And I guess for you, Matthew, looking at it, because you know, we, we, we've grown up on great Arsenal teams. We've grown up on great Arsenal-Chelsea rivalries. Mm. We've had the days of, like even going back, you know, we had the days of uh, Gianfranco Zola, John Luca Vialli, and Torrio Andre Flo, like the classic kind of 90s, early 2000s Chelsea. Then, of course, we have the, we have the Omri, the Perez era with the Drogba era. We have, we've had so many different eras of the battle between our teams. And then you come to this current era and it's just like, OK, well, that's another three points in the bag. I know yeah. we've had some games when it's been a bit difficult and stuff. But looking at the goal conceded, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> what do you even say about it? Well, the first, the first goal, the very, very first goal, that 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 header. To be honest, the first as much the first goal didn't bother me as much as the second goal. I'm going to get to that, but how are you getting out jumped by the one of the shorter players on the pitch? I mean, Man City aren't a very tall team, mm. and yet it's still it's it's where's the where's the pride? Where is the pride? For those that don't know, Arsenal used to have a stonewall defense mm. who would not like if you were going to get there. You see the centre back like a Tony Adams, you're not going through. He will just say, no, that's it. Turn around, gone. And you had him, you had Campbell, you had Lauren, mm. a Cameroonian defender called Lauren, who apparently in training would leave it on you. Yeah. Like, wow, no one. I mean, he was an invincible. Mm. Funny, funny enough. He was <laughs> the stories about this man, he would leave it on you. Like, no playing, no messing. I, and I see your, I, that's what, I'm not even a fan of your team. And it bothers me about how bad that, so that the defence for that, for nearly all the goals. And the first one, you're getting out jumped by, by Gundogan. He's like, what, five foot six? He's mm. shorter than all of us here. And I was like, come on, like Chambers holding. You've got to do better with that big, tall, strong, English, born and bred. Come on. You gotta, where's your pride? Where's that, you know, even if you've got to stick one on them, just... Do it for the team. Mm. And it's it's nowhere near as bad as the second goal. Who was the one who got in the face? Who is it? Um, Oh, Chambers got punched in the face. Chambers, I'm sorry, mate. Stand tough. Laporte is going to leave it on you. Give him some... To be fair, he was punched in the face. That goal should... And and the fact that they reviewed it under VAR, and it still stands to me, that's diabolical. It's the same as the Brentford situation where... Okay, it's poor goalkeeping. Like you never, as a goalkeeper, I, you never ever let a player come and crowd you out mm-hmm. and, and get in your space. You always say, I remember playing on my, my goalkeeper. I used to play with you, like a great goalkeeper. And 
he used to have this thing. He'd say, "Get him, get him off me!" And you, you, your job is to stand between the goalkeeper and that player and just get rid of them. You push them, you breathe on them, whatever you need to do. do. What you got to do? Do your thing. Do your thing, mate. But the fact that. You know, Pontius Janssen managed to grapple Leno and pin his arms down so he couldn't jump. That's, yes. That's a foul. Yes. This one, he gets punched in the face. But aside from that, I agree with the rest of it. It's, it's just not like, as a defender, you can't just stop take being that. Stop looking for the ref to do the thing for you. You're there to try and defend him as well. Mm. So, yes, you're, I agree with that. It should have been put to VAR and the goal probably shouldn't have stood. But you're a big man. Mm. in From a team who knows how to use and know how to defend. Campbell wouldn't stand for that. Lauren wouldn't stand for that. I don't even think Shelney would stand for that. And as for Tony, if that was Tony, there would have been a fight. I'm not saying you should fight, but get that, that gumption going. Like, I mean, I mean get, get, that, get that Rudiger energy. I think for me, oh. what I would have done is after the goal went in, I got punched in the face. I would have gotten up and been like, he punched me. Check, he punched me. And I'd have gone to Laporte. You punched me, you punched me. And, and yeah. I would have squared up to him. And that forces the referee to check it again. Yeah. Before he had his chambers on the floor, the player's like, he hit him, he hit him. And then, and then it's like, he gets up, he hit me, ref. I'd have been like, bro, he punched me. I would have made it very clear what he did. What he did. So, oh. so, like, so the ref, because the referee would have seen it. And I don't know what, what he looked at or what VAR looked at. But mm. for me, the referee has to go back and review that. So. That is true. But it, it, it shows that how back in then we didn't need we didn't need things like this. So certain players would come by and you'd have seen them coming as a referee looking up, thinking, okay, fine. <laughs> but it's just, oh, you're, how you're defending bothers me so much. And I don't even support you guys. I just don't know. Oh, you need to fix it. You really do. If you're going to lose, if you're going to lose, lose a certain way. Lose fighting. Lose showing some kind of, even if you might not necessarily have a game plan, lose like with, you know, don't make it easy for them. Show some, some grit, some determination. And I think that that's my biggest issue with Arteta's team right now. Because when he first came in, even though like the games were tighter and we would, even the previous games against my city when they beat us like a 1-0, 2-0 at best, they were, and the ones we won, but taking the, the losses, they were a lot closer. Man City had to work to win. Hmm. Okay, when the goals came, the, I mean, all the goals we conceded against Man City, they didn't have to work for the goals because the goals were easy. Like, they're all defensive <laughs> errors, every single one. Um, I still remember the one, Bernardo Silva, when he got it and just bent it in top corner. It was just, anyway. Oh, yeah. or the, he may not have been in charge. Anyway, he may not have been in charge back then. But all the goals are all, have always been, have been easy. Defensive errors, you know, it's the one true. David Luiz, the ball bounced, yes. and he just kicked it. This is clean run through, bang. So they're easy, but after that point, the, it's a game. Like they don't, they ne they never felt like oh it's gonna be easy. Like they had to keep working to kind of stay in it. And what I found now is that the team don't have that same level of fight or determination, like mm. in how they play. And I'll turn it over to you, Craig. I guess like looking at it, obviously it's a different team. We can't really compare eras. We're not the golden team we used to be, and, and clearly we're on like a weird developmental cycle. Mm -hmm. Where do you think? Or what do you think Arsenal need to do or need to show you? in the next four games we've got mm -hmm. to say that Arteta should stay on. Um, I just want to, I, And before you answer, I'm being very, very generous with four games. Me, <laughs> he should have been gone last week. Every every day is on borrowed time. But let's say four games. Okay. In the next four games, we've got Norwich. Mm -hmm. And we've got... Burnley. 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 Tottenham. And then we've got West Brom. And West... Carabao. No, we played them already. Uh, sorry. Uh, at Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Carabao. Okay. In these four games, I'd love to see him pick his strongest team. Hopefully, by the, I think Gabriel should be back fit. 
get Ben White should be back fit after the international break. So yeah, and a new sign yeah. and a new signing we got the re- of recently. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see him like, and I know um, Partey might may, may be fit, might be fit. I'm not sure. Well, well, Ben White and Gabriel both played. <laughs> here, here, this, here, this kicks right. Arsenal, the gift that keeps on giving. So we played a behind closed doors friendly against Brentford under 23s. We beat them 4 0. Mm-hmm. Oh, well done. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, well. Gabriel and White both played in the back three. And there was some, a mixture of senior players and young players, and they seemed like they had a good game. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd love to see if, if, if Parse is not fit. I know Jack is injured. I'd love to see him play Maitland Niles and um the Jack, bot- Jack is suspended, yeah. Yeah, the the new the new centre mid that we've got in the summer, I'd like to see him play. Him mm-hmm. and uh, Maitland Niles in that midfield. I just like to, to play his strongest team and give Maitland Niles a chance. Because I feel that he's been he he played well when he was playing before and he just dropped him. So I love to see him give him a chance to play in the team and I love to see and I love to see I love to see us win matches. But I want to see him win the passion. I don't want to see it like we were struggling and then we score in the last. I want to see us win games comfortably. These games we've got are winnable games. Mm. I know the Tottenham game maybe a bit is a London derby, but we always play well in London derbies. It's it's a game yeah, we should win. We should win, like, but on paper we should win. But you never know what can happen. So I'd love to see that to happen. And if that doesn't happen in none of those games, we don't win any of those games. Theologically speaking, then Mister Arteta needs to pack his bags. And say adios. Yeah, his, bag should, his bag should already be packed. He should just do like what Johnny Ive would do with Steve Jobs when they go to hotels. Because you yeah. knew Steve Jobs was so picky. He didn't unpack his bag. He left his suitcase by the, by the door just and just case. waited for the phone to ring. <laughs> yeah, we're moving rooms. So that's, his bag should yeah, be yeah, packed. I think, I think, ready. I think, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of work to be done there. Um, and of course, the, you know, you mentioned Maitland-Niles in midfield. The window closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all the teams I mean the Turkish window is still open so there's still a chance for some players to move on uh, we've got fingers crossed that a couple of the Arsenal surplus to requirement boys and the ones we want to leave leave but in case they don't I guess looking at the window as a whole starting with you Matthew how would you rate the window for Chelsea? Good on both fronts I think we've Apart from missing out on a centre-back, but we did the game, we did promote Trevor Shalabar to the senior squad. Um, I think we've done very well, not just getting in, but also those leaving. So it's almost as if it's balanced out that massive transfer we did for Lukaku. Um, I am sad to see some of them go, especially like um, Zuma, Tomori, in particular, um, Abraham. But it just shows that we're serious about what we're doing with our squad and trying to push for get a title push after so many years. No disrespect to the players that we got rid of, that, we, that we've sold. I, that's not saying that they can't, they can't, we, we, they, could, they couldn't have done it at Chelsea and pushed for a title. I'm not saying that at all. But in, you know, football's not bit, you don't you don't have a trophy cabinet, cabinet out of sentiments. Mm. You know, so clearly there's, and Tuchel has a plan that he has. And unfortunately there were surplus to requirements, but they are still good players, you know. Um, I've seen Abraham's doing well at Roma already, which I'm really happy to see. He's doing really, he's really doing well. so yeah. well, and I could not be any happier. Again, I think he's at the, the perfect place. He's got great players around him, and I think he's got the right manager around him as well. I think he's going to do absolutely fine in um, in Roma, and I'm just happy to see him go somewhere that's not the Premier League. Uh, I think Zuma is also going to a good project at West Ham. West Ham, they had a good, they began to say they had a good window as well. For them, I think he's going to a good spot on the up, competing in Europe. 
Um, Vordy got a good defence. And again, a good experienced manager in David Moyes. So I think he's going to do well. Then you had likes of Tomori and uh, Giroud going to AC Milan. Um, I think that's going to be... Giroud's side, he scored two goals, I think, in his last game. Um, Tomori, I think he had a good loan spell there as well. So... On that front, it's good. But he's even getting all the Kaku, we've got Bettinelli from Fulham, so we've got backup key, uh, another backup keeper. So our keeper is actually really, really good. And getting Sal Niguez on the on on loan from um, Atletico Madrid, which I did not see coming, but I'm not going to say no to it. Mm. Um, so our midfield just I got that little bit more stack. So if you were to break down both our teams, the teams we could play in the Premier League is absolutely off the chain. We've got we've effectively got two teams, winning teams at that. So and, and, <laughs> I can't and, say anymore. And you know what? That's the big thing. You always want to have that squad depth, especially when you're when you're chasing the title. I would imagine that you probably want to try and retain Champions League again. So you know when you're chasing those two big trophies, you need to have squad depth. Definitely, uh, yeah. You need to have quality to rotate with. So I guess you've got some really good business. Over to us. <laughs> How do you rate uh, Arsenal's transfer business, Craig? Compared to other teams, I know I, I was a bit disappointed with some of the signings, to be honest. But then when I look at it deep down, when I've been thinking about it the last couple of weeks, I think most of the players that we bought in the summer are for the future. They're not for this season, they're but for the future. do you think that was the right move to make? Because I feel like you, you could do a bit of both. Now, looking at the signings you made, I think that, yeah, the age profile is quite interesting. Mm. I think that with some of them, you could look at the what they can do in terms of what they can do right now. I think it's, it's very interesting as well and exciting. Mm. But do you think that's the right move to make considering how far off we fell? Like, you know, we've, we've finished eighth twice. Mm. So to now go into like a Project Youth version two, is it the right move? I feel what what they should have done in the summer, they should have got experience and youth. Get established established players and got some youth players as well. Because some of the players that we've got for the future, like Odegaard's going to be a good player in the future. The, the, uh, and, and I'd say yeah. Odegaard, I feel like he's someone he can perform, he's going to perform right now as mm. well. Yeah. So when he came in on loan, he definitely gave our team a lot of extra stuff, mm. extra dimension. He's got, a, I guess, from a gameplay perspective, he's very similar to... Erzul and that is like a final third creative mm -hmm. passer. Yeah. Don't necessarily get the high assist numbers, but he will be definitely be involved Even in that involved pass and process. play and creating yeah. chances. I feel I feel like to be honest with you, I feel with the with the young players that we got, and we've got some good young players in the academy as well. I personally feel I I, I know I'm if I if I get um this is my prediction for the future, in the next five years, we could challenge again. I think so. Okay. I might I'm, hold me through this. And if one on YouTube, I said it, in the next five years, we could challenge again. It's there. I said it. Okay, okay, okay. Now, so the, the, the issue is this, right? Yeah. When Arteta first came in, if he'd started with this being the project, I'm a young manager, we're going to bring in young players. Mm. I feel like the whole fan base would have got behind it. Even finishing, well, okay, maybe not finishing eighth twice. Yeah, but I think we could understand the project, and he would have had a lot more patience. Yeah. The problem a lot of people have is the fact that that wasn't the game plan when you first came in. When you first took over, it was a case of save our season, yeah. <laughs> and 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 you know he won the FA Cup. He did, yeah. and that brought him a lot of a lot of capital in the club, a lot of goodwill with the fans. Okay, you know, what? 
a cup win, you can't. The FA Cups are very important. You can't. Mm. You can't really. Trophy, right? You yeah. can't. You can't just get rid of that at all. You really can't. So he did that. Mm-hmm. Following season, he thought, okay, build on it. And what does he do? He prioritizes older players because the idea was we're going to have a quick fix shortcut to the Champions League. He told William within three years we'll win the Champions League at Arsenal. That's what that was the promise made to him, right? You're welcome, by the way. And and what happened? Didn't work. We finished eighth. In fact, we were we were near the bottom part of the table until he brought in the youth players. But we were one. We have to remember we were one kick away from getting to the Europa League final last season. Yeah, we yeah. one kick away. Yeah, from- yeah. But but here's the thing: mm. you, you're you're your life as a team should not be dependent on mm. one moment going one way or the other. Yeah. Successful teams are not built off. Well, if only Mbappe had put the ball in the back of the net. That's it. If only Ronaldo had scored that free kick. If only, no. No, yeah. if, if you're if you're trying to win something, mm. especially when you're trying to challenge, like, get into the Champions League final mm. or Europa League final to get back into the Champions League, yeah. you get there. You, you you put out the performance to get there. You don't rely you do. on one Aubameyang swing of the foot to get you into the no. No, I think at all. I personally feel with that as well. What you're saying, you're, you're totally totally correct there. What you're saying, I feel like for, for for us last season, our 38 games last season were not good enough. To be honest, 30, 38 games in the season. I think he played home and away. We didn't play well. Most of our games last season, our home, our home record was very poor last season. I think we only won, how many home games did we won? I think it was six or seven home games we won last season. Not many of them. Not many. Not many. And, and our away games, and we lost, and some of the games, the teams that we lost to Burnley, who did we lose to? Villa. Wolves. Wolves. Not us. <laughs> no. Um, so there's, there's, there's some games we lost last season and I'm looking at myself thinking, I'm scratching my head thinking, what is this? Trust the process. We trust the process is not working. But that's the thing. So the process has changed. Mm. So what we were told initially, they've changed it. Mm. They tried to say, okay, now we're going Project Youth. Fine, if that's the case. Yeah. But, and, and, and uh, an article came out in The Athletic about the Arsenal transfer process saying that there were certain players Arteta signed off on. There was a, a podcast with David Ornstein talking about it and how it was actually Edu's plan to go Project Youth. And Arteta was a bit surprised because he thought, well, <laughs> you know, in football, I don't really have time. Yeah. He's telling me to trust the process which requires time. It's a bit of a strange one. So I guess for you, Matthew, looking from the outside in, looking at what Arsenal have done in terms of the, the players they've bought, it's nothing for you to be afraid of for Chelsea because oh, <laughs> like, what is there to fear, really? There's nothing there to be afraid of right now. But would you would you say for fans then, like taking this direction, because of course you guys don't do that. No. You, you have youth team players, but you don't really, it's not like a, well, we're going to build for the first team. You guys build, you guys buy what you need. And then you, you, if a young player is good enough, you they'll get a chance, right? Yeah. How do you think then fans need to look at this and temper expectation going forward? Um, I'm not saying they should be patient because for them, for you guys, it's not three games. I think this is 20 months because mm. he's been there. He's had two windows. He spent a lot of money and the records that he's getting are just, they're not the records you need to be setting. I personally think he has up to the Spurs game to to really kind of that's that's cutoff point for him is just is the North London derby that that's the one. Um, what I would also say is for your team is I don't think the case of the players you're buying is the players you're not getting rid of. There's a lot of players because you're not you're not a terrible team and anyone can see that you've got some really good players, but you've also got some players there where the badge just weighs far is far too heavy for them. And you're not investing in, it's all in well, like you're saying, investing in youth. And, you know, that's not a bad thing to do. That's a great thing to do to give them a chance. But I also think that, you know, football's, football's fickle and it's not built on, oh, let's give these, 
youngsters a thing because like, there's too much pressure on them. You do need that. I just think you just need that little bit more experience in the team where it's not like, not like when they're reaching their twilight years, but somewhere kind of in between. Perfect example we said we were talking about earlier is someone like a Basuma next to um, party. And was it was it Lukonga? Yeah, next Lukonga, to, yeah. I mean that's a that's a that's a fantastic image to have. Mm. And what and you know learning from someone who's been in Spain like Parte, who's who's someone at Brighton and Basuma who's just so desired right now, and what Lukonga can take from that, I think it's fantastic. Um, Shaka don't need to be there anymore. Okay, he's, he's, he's had long enough, 20, since 20, 2016, and the team's gotten worse. I'm not saying it's all his fault, but it's a, it's a catalyst. It's, it's part, of the, part of the problem. Um, I just think, in, that's one of my, merely one example. I just think you, it's just recru it's recruitment and your assets as well. Mm. I think it's almost as if you're making it more difficult for yourself to get back up to where you should be, to, you know, to, to you know, justifying that kind of legacy that you have, it's just having those right plays in the right area. Again, I don't know what exactly what you look for, but that's what I'm saying. Do, should, should the fans be patient? Well, from my perspective, no. Mm. He would have been gone a lot. He would have gone. I would, you know what? I would have had him gone after the Europa League semi-final last year. He would have been. He would have been gone. Failure to qualify for Europe for a team like Arsenal, for me personally, is is unacceptable. And I know you're going through this transition of trust the process, trust the youth, and that's fine. That's that, That's fine. That's, that's that's fantastic. You know, good on those young players. You've got some players like Saka and Smith Rowe and Balogun coming through, and not to mention Reese Nelson and, and Maitland Niles. But have some. Same thing with the way the, how you defend. Have some respect. There's nothing wrong in demanding more from your club that you love so much. You know, stop accepting certain uh, certain things of always oh, just, it is what it is. I hate that expression. It is what it is. That's such weak, weak mentality, weak mindset to have. Mm. Where you've allowed team, other teams like your Leicesters and your West Ham to come up above that. And Though there's other teams coming up from behind. Never mind looking ahead, like I said before. Look behind. You got Leeds, you got Villa. Leeds, Villa, Everton mm. could do could do something crazy. And that, I mean, I know, I know Wolves aren't are doing everything but score. But again, they it can happen. They've been in Europe before. So it's just I don't know whether it's a case of having Arteta in or out, but just have raise your standards. Raise your standards. I mean, you know, that's something I do when they know when, when I work in a school. Raise the standard. Don't accept any less but what you expect. Demand more. Ask for more. You know, don't just sit there and be and accept it is what it is. That's so. It, you're, it's so weak. So so weak. Hey. And over to you, Craig. You're going to add something to that. Oh, sorry. Mate. Well, so about the Jacker thing. Since Jack, this is a stat, yeah. Since Jack has been to Arsenal, Arsenal are not qualified for the Champions League. Since he's been there. That's, yeah. But I'm not saying, yeah, again, it's not necessarily just his fault, but he's part of... His first season at Arsenal was in the Champions League after that we haven't qualified since. So, I don't want to call him a jinx, but <laughs> I'm calling a spade for a spade. <laughs> I mean, he, he's definitely a contributory factor. I mean, we're not saying he's totally to blame, but our, our team, yeah, we just haven't made it since he's been there. It's a fact. Coincidence, um, I think yeah. not. <laughs> um, okay, so 
we can we you know yeah Arsenal are there's a lot to be done I think we're going to do like a proper deep dive on Arteta the ownership that'll be the, the a podcast to come very soon but let's look at the rest of the league in fact let's look at the month so it's a new month now mm-hmm. so I think we can talk about uh, player of the month mm-hmm. looking at, across the teams I mean I'm going to put my my hat in the ring straight away I'm going to give it to Mikel Antonio for me personally I think point. what he's been doing this season is incredible. I think it's a testament to, to him as a person, a testament to him as a player, a testament to his team as well, and, and sort of the way I think it's been set up for him. So that's my vote. Who would you say, Matthew, is your player of the month? Um, I have narrowed it down to about four. I had Basuma, I had Greenwood, I had... I was going to say Rudiger, but I'm actually going to give it... I'm going to side with you. I'm going to give it to Mikel Antonio as well, because he also scored that goal-scoring record. And, he just, mm. and just, just see how integral he is to West Ham and playing literally any position he can and he absolutely smashes it I mean he could be in goal and get 30 clean sheets for all I know he's probably capable of it and just but but just what with what they're doing as a team moving forwards and just how important and integral he is I think yeah definitely without a doubt he I think he's my player of the month as well mm. and for you Craig who, who would you back as your player of the month I had, I've narrowed it down to two mm. it's the same as you Antonio and Greenwood Money Maze. I think, I think like I say, if if I I do like how to do it like in for like player of the year when they have senior and um young young player of the year. So I say the older player has to be Mikel Antonio for what he's done this season, kept off his form from last season, and he seems to be getting better and better with age. And he's in the Jamaica squad. And in the Jamaica up. squad. Hey, come on, reggae mm. boys. And <laughs> I would say I'm um, Greenwood because everyone at United have been raving about Greenwood for a long time. They're saying he's the next best thing. The guy can finish. Left foot, right foot, header. He is he's on the path. He can go as far as far as he wants to be in the game. He just has to be level headed, stay focused, play your football, learn from players like Ronaldo, learn from Rashford, learn from Cavani, learn from all the great players at United, and he could be a top top world class player. And I think the other thing with, with Greener, which I really like, is the fact that he has this mentality of like he's got this kind of never say die. Like I'm, like I'm the man. Give me the ball. Mm. Like even the game when he scored the winner the other day. Like you just, just that kind of when he got the ball, there was no doubt in his mind that he could score from that angle. No mm. doubt no, no. whatsoever to, to take the shot on. And that's something about him which I really admire. And I think mm. a lot of younger players could definitely learn from is that kind of bullish, direct, never mm. say die attitude. Mm. And he will definitely get, I think, a call up the next set of internationals. I think he'll definitely. be in the England squad. Definitely, um, definitely for that one. Manager of the month, who's your pick? Oh my goodness. Ah. Oh. Hmm, that's a tough one. So I'm going to give that one as much thought. Um, who's actually done quite well in the start? Who hasn't, been, who hasn't been defeated yet? I mean, worst manager of the season is easy so far. That's, that's <laughs> I don't, like, you don't need to think about that no, one. No, that was an easy one. Bottom of the league. Sure, Three yeah. games, can't beat newly promoted Brentford, but can beat the under-23s in the behind closed court. You know what? Let me just... Look. When that news came out that Arsenal beat Brentford 4-0, they just said Arsenal beat Brentford 4-0 in a behind closed doors friendly. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, does the Arsenal admin, do, does the club not have... Are they just brain dead or something? Mm. We lost to the team in a game that doesn't count 2-0. You then say we beat them 4-0. You don't announce the lineups. Then you announce some pictures. And then the lineups come out and everyone's like, hey, no, you're not see Arsenal line up. 
So we can see that Ben White played, Gabriel played, Charlie Patino came on after 30-odd minutes, Maitland-Niles played midfield the whole game. Yeah. You're like, okay, this is looking good. Lacazette started up front, scored a free kick. You're like, okay, this is good. Pepe played, you're like, oh, this is very strong, the Arsenal team. What about Brentford? <laughs> was, then, then you announced their team, you're like, oh, that. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> I recognise that guy from FIFA. Who's that? And then you realise it's their under 23s. Oh my God. And it's like, where's the shame? Why don't you just say under 23s? Yeah. And Arsenal 11 played the under 23s at Brentford. No, but you make it sound like we played their big team and beat them 2 0. So, like, I thought that was just diabolical. Shut up. Anyway, that's why he's jet black as West Manager so funny. far this season. Um, Actually, no, is, it, is his name Thomas Frank? The yes. Frank, I yeah. think for, to start the first three games and not not get defeated, but still be quite bullish in how they've started. He's a good candidate. I'm going to have to give it to Tuchel. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to him purely um, three fantastic games, three fantastic performances. In particular, that one against Liverpool going down to 10 men just shows our grit and our and our steel. And I just love what he's, with the window he's just had with what he's building and that he's clearly the reason why we've backed this guy so hard after all giving us the Champions League for crying out loud. He's building effectively a second squad, but I just love the fact that he's he seems like a quite a ruthless man as well mm. to match the ruthless owner. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Tuchel, but I think my other choice would probably be I would say Thomas Frank, especially as a new team back in the Premier League. I think they've done was it Arsenal, um, Villa, and Palace mm. haven't been have undefeated so far. So credit to them, well done. I've narrowed it down to two. This one's going to be hard for me to say. <laughs> Tottenham manager's done well. Three wins out of three. No, no, no. It's, hard, it's, hard to, it's hard for me to say this out of my mouth, but you have true, to give credit yeah. where credit is due. You can't be a hater like that. So uh, true, um, They're done well, but I'm going to give it to David Moyes because, because of what West Ham have done of last season. They continue the same form from last into this season. So I want to give it to David Moyes as manager of the month. I think what he's done and the players he's bought in the summer and the way how the team are continuing to do the same good form and I think they're going to be going they're going to another level I think they're going to go to the next level this season I think this season they want to challenge for maybe Champions League I think they've got a good squad now so watch out that's Dude. interesting yeah I mean my, my choice was going to be David Moyes I mean I, did, I don't see any other options available I don't care who's top of no, the league they've done really well to me. Really rivalries well. are rivalries and I'll <laughs> stick with that till I'm dead but um yeah, Moyes for me because again it's it's building on what he did really well last season. He's got a very nice setup with West Ham. Bringing in Zuma, considering they how well they're playing defensively, it's an interesting move. But clearly he wants to take them to another level, and he yeah. sees Zuma as being a very key part part of that. So I look and I think, okay, and of course they got um I think his name is Alexi Kral. Yeah, on loan from Czech Republic, another one of the Czech boys to join his his compatriots in Kufal and Socek. So is their recruitment in that market has been very, very good. Very I think good other clubs could would not go amiss by looking at what they're doing and, and having a little a little grab at that and then and then kind of going from there. Um yeah, I mean, you know, I remember last week we talked about Ronaldo being, you know, one one of the surprise signings. Of course, Messi made his move. I think looking across the league in terms of like the business that's been done. Because it's not, I think, again, was it a billion spent again in the Premier League this summer. A billion spent again. Like, it's been interesting in terms of the window players, teams, business teams have done and stuff and how things have kind of worked out. And I guess for you, Matthew, looking at just how things have performed so far, 
which team would you say should have done more in the window? I think Liverpool should have done more. Hmm. I think signing um, another defender is great. It's preparing, almost like preparing for another defensive disaster. Losing Van Dijk last year, uh, was it Canute is a great addition to their defense. However, Firmino's injured at the moment. It could easily happen to Salah. It could even easily happen to Mane. Plus, with the African Cup of Nations coming next year, both those players will be going. I think they probably should. And and another got Jota, who's a, again a fantastic, another fantastic addition. But having another good, solid attacking threat, I think would have really seen them being a, a lot more competitive than what they are. Not to say they're not competitive now, but they could have been even... They probably would have been even my choice to go for the league, possibly. Um, they've done well to tie down them, some of the main players like Van Dijk and Henderson. I do think, unless they're promoting from the youth, I think having another, at least one more attacker could have... Well, I think I would have liked to have seen that plus um, but then again we've got January coming up so you never know I think they've done well um, City I do still think they need a, they are missing that striker but they did they won the league without one last year so mm. and Gabriel Jesus just might just might be the year he might step up when I said he and they've got Ferran Torres as well. and they've got Ferran like Torres to get striker um, keep focusing on the um, I think most Newcastle could have done more Newcastle could have done more because I think it only got really, only really got Willock to uh, kind of de- not de- not a depleted side, but a side kind of a sporadic a sporadic view of ability that they have. I think they could have done more. Um, not that I want to pick on them anymore. Arsenal players, the player they have, Arsenal players you got, they're not bad. They're good players, but I do think you could have done a little bit more to try and push out some of the Deadwood. Just to make room for then, if the next window came, to add a little bit more quality. Because without you don't have European football, so you can just purely, purely, purely focus on the domestic, and then get you a bit higher up the table. I think that could have, that could have helped. Um, I think also the most teams I think most teams I think had a kind of the window you'd expect really. So yeah, I think those are the ones that kind of. I think in particular Newcastle and probably Liverpool just getting in that one player. I think mm. they could have done better. Okay, and and for you, Craig, what would you? Who would you say had should have done more in this window? Burnley, Southampton. Um, Southampton lost their bet. They lost Danny Ings, who scored so many goals for them. They lost two. They, 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 uh, they lost Vestergaard. Vestergaard. Yeah. He was a good defender for them. So I think they should have bought more. And they got Armstrong. I think they should have bought more players as well. Burnley, because I think this season they're going to struggle because they, they lost some players, and I think they haven't really replaced them. And um, as Matthew said, Arsenal was all sort of bought, sort of got rid of, as I said, got rid of, get rid of more of the Deadwood, and try and get maybe a strike. I think we should have got another striker in 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 the in the in the summer. Um, yeah, I mean, I think definitely on the striker note, I think it's a tough one because like uh, Lacazette would have had to have left mm-hmm. for that to make sense, and then Ketty is still there. Mm-hmm. So we've now got four strikers. We've got no European competition. I don't know where the minutes are going to come from for Balogun. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah, now a concern. Poor, poor lad, yeah. Um, you know, for him, he started obviously he started the first two games of the season, but you know, or no, just one was it? No, yeah, the first two. He, so, yeah, he, he, played, he played the first game and he came on against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, so, didn't, he didn't play the Carabao Cup. No, no. Um, what other team should have done more in the window? Um, I think Crystal Palace as well. 
I thought they needed they they they, they, they I, I think they bought Edward they, a wild sign for them in the end. Yeah, they got Edward instead. Okay. Of they, they lost quite a few of their experienced yeah, players. Yeah, I, I, they did lose a lot of their experienced players like Saka, um Saka. Saka, sorry, Saka, um Cahill. Cahill. Um who was left? Van 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 So they they kept Zaha, so that was a good that was a good keeping, but we'll see what happens. I think they should be okay with Edward will score goals in the Premier League. He scored loads of goals in 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 Scotland, in Celtic, so I feel he'll be fine. Once he gets used to the league, he'll be fine. Um Wolves. Wolves lost a lot of good players in the summer, I feel. And I don't think they really replaced them. Like they need another centre forward, I would say, because if, for example, um Jimenez, Jimenez gets injured again, they'll struggle like last season, because towards the end of the season they were struggling. Big time, yeah. They were struggling big time without his goals. And we were talking before we started the podcast about Torore, if he can be more consistent Shoot. and score more goals. Shoot. Oh. And he'll be he's got so much raw pace. Mm. He's he's so he's like he's built like a is a machine the way but the only thing is he can't finish so he gets to the important areas of the pitch and he can't finish or he can't get an assist so there's some things he needs to work on his game if he can if they can get him scoring at least 10 or 15 goals a season contributing to the team I think they could have a good season definitely is there any other team I can think of that didn't do well? Signing? I think a lot of player. I think a lot of teams got multiple players. Mm. Because whether those players are going to be effective? Effective, definitely. Because Norwich yeah. got a whole lot from the Buendia money, but they might. Are they going to be effective? Leeds recently got um, Dan James, and we were talking about how he's gone to the right place with someone mm. like Bielsa, who, who, and I know Dan James has that. He's quick, and I know Bielsa likes quick players. Mm. He's going. Sorry, he's going to the right place yeah. after all. Um, it's whether it's whether those players bear fruit because we've seen in the past how a team a lower league team that does come up like I think Fulham spent like a hundred million last year then stop them getting relegated mm. so it's just how effective they're going to be in the long run so yeah we got to see I think, as well. mm, I think um I think another team that didn't really spend a lot I know Le- Leicester I thought they should have bought some more players in I know they bought they bought um. They bought the striker, they bought the midfielder, and they brought in um Lookman. But I thought that they need more strength and depth because every season they do, they do they start off well and towards the end of the season they always seem to fall off. Like last season they could they were in a Champions League spot for a long time, and towards the end of the season they just fell off and the Liverpool took their spot. So I feel yeah. they need they need strength and depth because a lot of their players get very injury prone. But they got. But, um, but would you yeah. but would you say that for them was was their fall off more of like a manager not kind of preparing the team more because I feel like right, that's a Rogers, that's something he needs to kind of look into because when you're like Liverpool, Final, it's a similar yeah. issue where the performances just seem to, seem to fall off a cliff after a while. And they should have won the league that year as well. Mm. I think is because they've they've got they got not Town Towns we're doing they got Bertrand, they got like they got Lookman. So they done they done a lot of loan deals, don't they? Because mm. well, that's a loan players before they buy them because they did the same thing with Tillemans. They loaned him, then they then they yeah. they bought him. And last year you got. We got <laughs> talk about being the bridesmaid. They're in the top four, the longest for the whole of last year. Didn't and, make and it. Didn't make it. Didn't make it. I'm that, but, but that's two seasons in a row they've done that though. Yeah, and well, granted, on, on merit on that alone, they probably should deserve to have been there in the first place. So mm. it's whether they can this year. I think the competition for top four has got just gotten a lot tougher because all the teams, the top four teams from last year, are yeah. all strengthened in particular areas mm. and tying down players. It's just got that little bit harder. So. Definitely. We got hope those signings bear some sort of fruit. Mm. 
That's very true. I think um I think I think we'll call that it it for this week. Um we you know we've got we've got a, a nice weekend so we don't have to worry about our clubs. We just got to hope that our players will come back with no injuries, no knocks. Please, we also got to hope that I guess in the Chelsea point of view, you know Tuchel just keeps doing his good work. From an Arsenal point of view, Arteta gets a a drop of wisdom. Um, maybe he should pick up that phone and call Arsene Wenger. Maybe now is a good Please. time. It won't cost you much of anything and get some wisdom from the big man and, and sort of put it into the team. Thanks again, Matthew, for joining me. Mm-hmm. Thanks again, Craig, as always, for being here. This has been One Kick from Glory. This is episode, whatever episode it four. is, episode four. This is One Kick from Glory, this is episode four. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you have any comments you'd like to add, do drop them in the comments, do message us, email us. All the details are down below at 87.uk on Instagram, at 87uk on Twitter. And we would love to hear more. This is it for this week. Like I said, we've got a very special podcast coming soon discussing Arsenal. We're going to go in. We're going to go in. We're going to go in depth. So if you have any questions, any point of views, please send it across and we will add and address those during the episode. And then following that, we will have another special podcast. So we're going to do a double podcast coming up. The other one will be talking about the golden era of football. Just looking back on the 2000 era, the, pre, the pre-Super Money era, when things are really exciting across Europe. But that is us for now. Have a great rest of the day. Take care, everyone. Peace. Peace. Hey.